What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the kingdom. My name is Drums. As always, I'm joined again by the brothers behind King Golf, Regan and Jordan Headley. First up on the tee tonight, we have Reg. What's going on, buddy? Oh, not much, man. Pretty weird, uh, weird September day in Dog. Here we've had a uh, a little bit of everything. We had a ton of sunshine, uh, ten minutes of very hard rain, and five minutes of hail mixed into one September day here. So it's been a, a pretty odd day with leaves blowing everywhere. Nice. And how was your tournament over the weekend? That was good. Yeah. Me and uh, me and old Teddy Boy pulled through, so that was good. Ooh. Yeah, we. Uh, it was a pretty successful weekend. Who'd you beat in the final? Uh, we beat uh, Jake Weens and Steve Droche, a couple uh, young guys from Dauphin here. Who, young bucks. Who gave us a good match. Uh, came down to 17. Jake Jake made a 15-footer for par on 14 to keep the match going and then birdied 15 and 16 with the – it was a tap-in par on 15 and then a uh, 20-foot slider on 16 to keep the match alive again. So it was pretty impressive to watch. Ooh, nice. He's a uh, he's a good young golfer from Dolphin here, so it was, it was a good weekend, and the tournament was sold out, so it was also very good that way. Good. And next on the tee, we got his brother Jorn. How's it going, man? Top of the evening to you, boys. Hola. What's going on? Congrats, Rigo. Thank you. How's the butter tart drums? <laughs> it was delicious. Drums is eating a butter tart for supper, so he's stopped right now. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic diet. Things were things were a little bit different in Brown today. We had nothing but sunshine, and it was a beautiful day. Um, did a bit of work. I was actually on a grade five and six um, presentation, virtual presentation, um, with Bryce Watson and the kids in Glenbro. So uh, this should be a piece of cake compared to that. They were asking me some tough questions. Give me one. Uh, what did they ask? They asked, uh, well, how do I balance my time between work and King golf? And another one was what is my long-term career goals? This is grade five and six is asking these questions. That's, that's a better question than what I thought you were going to (laughs) get. I said, uh, to be completely honest with you, I don't have a clue. I'm just trying to get by day by day. I've seen a couple of those on there. He's had uh, he had Patty Law on there. He had uh, Dylan Thornbro, guys that we talk about quite often. Yeah, I've seen a couple a couple tweets of his. So that was fun. But other than that, um, I'm I'm very very happy to be here tonight. We got I got some fresh soul beer. We got a uh, something cool going on tonight. We saw a tweet a couple of days ago about I think it was from No Laying Up. I think Robbie tweeted it or retweeted it. And uh, they said that they were stuck, so they went through their their top courses hole by one or hole by hole on the PGA course with I think Max Homa it was. So we kind of got the idea to do something like that for uh, the Manitoba version of it. Or I guess I don't know what kind of courses you got in there, but I stuck to Manitoba for mine. And uh, so we're gonna do that. We're gonna go through the front nine tonight, and then hopefully next episode we'll hit the back nine, and then uh, we'll get to our usual segments: culture corner. Uh, the stroke saver in the junk drawer, and then uh, get some overrated or underrated at the end. So that's what's going on tonight. What is up with you, drums? Nothing. Same here. Um, 
in uh, in Brandon again. It was a nice day. I was very much contemplating going out even to distant range today, but said screw it. Uh, I golfed. It. I golfed Sunday. That would be probably be my last round. I'm thinking it will be my last. Glen Lee or Wheat City? Wheat City. How'd it go? Eighty-three. Oh, it's a good one to hang up the old uh, clubs too. I'll take it. I'll take it. Have you uh, have you guys hung them up yet? No, we got a big oh. tournament this weekend in Gilbert, the mm-hmm. Ironman. Oh yeah, which was featured on our uh, viral TikTok video. So we'll we'll take a few more videos this weekend to show the show the fans what it's all about. So when was the video from? Last year. Oh, last year. Yeah, just last year. So I had a couple things that I was, I was uh, cruising through the park actually for work and I, I listened to a couple of our uh, previous podcasts and I just have a, uh, a couple follow-ups, a little bit of housekeeping on it. So drums, you'll be uh, surprised to hear this one. Super Bowl artists do not get paid. So I was right on that one. Hmm. I Googled it. They do it just for the exposure. Uh, it does cost a lot of money, which Pepsi pays for to put it on, but the artists themselves don't get paid. Huh. I'm I'm not sure that it, okay, I was thinking about that too, and I'm not sure that it's for the exposure. I think it's just to like put on their trophy wall. You yeah, know maybe I mean? so. Yeah, that's what I like it's a like it's a prestigious thing almost, right? Yeah. Prestige. Because a lot of those artists like who did it last year, Lady Gaga, like they don't need exposure. It's yeah. just something that they can say that they have done. Yeah, I'm so surprised about that because drums is uh, drums isn't often wrong about that kind of stuff. So I, I just remember it, I just took a picture of his reaction. I remember so. talking about it. I think it was a I don't know. Was it um, five? Was that when he had his tarp off? Yeah, I think I it was Adam Levine. I want to say that was a few years ago. Was it a couple years ago? Either way, anyways. Um, I couldn't actually find whether or not the U.S. Open makes money from hosting it. I typed in like. 30 different things on my search engine and I couldn't find anything like the it, course. Yeah. It did say that like, I want to say like, Oh, there's a lot of money. So they, they make about $112 million per us open. And I think it's like something USGA? like USGA and, and uh, 75 million of that goes back into the game of golf in the States. So it's pretty cool oh. that way. I didn't know. Um, that. And the last thing was uh, we talked about uh, bush balls on the uh, over underrated. Yeah. And your argument that all you have to do was uh, clean them up and they're good to go. I just had one thought when I was thinking about that is that if you pull a ball out of the package, you know that it's brand new. If you find it in the bush, you don't know whether someone else found that ball in the water and then hit it in the bush after that. So you don't 100% know if it's waterlogged. That's true. So Usually I, the waterlogged balls have a bit of brown to them, though. Yeah, it's kind of a dumb thing to think about, but that's all I was thinking about. That I have some trust issues yeah, with using used golf balls. I was <laughs> listening to our podcast <laughs> while I was driving, and I thought of that. <laughs> I wasn't sitting at home and thought, oh, remember we were talking about bush balls? No. I listened to our old episodes just to try to improve. Yeah, all right, Rico, we're going to do the contest next week, right? What's the tournament? Shriners? Shriners Hospital for whatever it is. I don't know the so, name of it. Yeah, it's Shiner's Hospital or something. For children. Rigo says it's a big uh, big tournament. So Rigo's going to come up with our list of the 21 tournaments that we're going to do this for. 
Uh, we're going to contribute some cash every week, and we're going to pick one player each, uh, us three, and then a chosen guest. And then uh, every week it doesn't go, which is probably going to be a lot of weeks. Uh, it'll just keep carrying over and building up. So, Well, we're one for one, so the pot's still pretty yeah, small. Yeah, that's true. We're one for one. We owe you money um, yet. So- yeah, I haven't seen any of that yet. But uh, so Rigo's going to pick the first probably won't uh, contestant, and he will have the first pick in next year, next week's tournament, and then we'll go second, third, fourth. Okay, speed it up a little faster, a little faster. At Warren Birch, Birchy, Birchy boy, Mayor of Carberry. <laughs> So, Birchie, if you're hearing this right now, um, we're going to do – you're going to – you won't be live on the show, but we'll reach out to you sometime next week. So, have your pick ready for the Shriners tournament. And I guess for people wanting to get in on the next contest, Rigo, what's going to be the keyword? <laughs> uh, Tamarack. Tamarack. Okay. As and do you know what that tournament is? Maybe this is- Tamarack 87 glass. The next uh, tournament is going to be the Zozos, probably, which is two weeks after that. Uh, no, there's one more in there. Uh, there's one at on Wolf the Creek. We're going to be, yeah. Uh, JT okay. won it last year. It's the C something challenge. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So if you want to enter in the next, next week's contest, or two weeks, I guess, from now, but we'll pick next week, uh, send us a message to one of our Twitter accounts, either King Golf or Kingdom Podcast with the word Tamarack, and we'll put you in the draw for next week. And with that, is there anything else we need to talk about? All right. I think let's that's get about into it. This. Let's get into these courses. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to hear your guys' holes here. All right. This was tough. Kind of, this was yeah, tough, it was man. pretty tough. We all picked um, from the different courses in Manitoba. Did you guys stick to Manitoba or did you? Well, yeah, I just, Manitoba. yeah, I stuck to Manitoba and just kind of like the more popular that I play. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's like every out of every course I've ever played, but kind of so we basically common. each designed our own front nine this week uh, from all the courses. And for example, if we wanted to use the first hole, we would choose like say Oak Island first hole at Oak Island, something like that. And so we built our courses nine holes each, and we're kind of going to walk through uh, all of them right now. So I think it's going to be pretty fun to hear. We haven't disclosed them to each other yet, so this is all new. And we're kind of get in, going to get into about three each in a little bit more depth and then just kind of skim through the rest. So uh, I guess I'm up first, right? Yes, sir. Lead us off, buddy. So my first hole on my course is going to be number one at Poplar Ridge, which is a par five. It's pretty long. It's got a really cool um, tee shot from the back, which – I don't know if I've ever done it or not, but it looks mental back there. And uh, I just I chose it because I think that um, it's an easy hole to start on because you can kind of aim as far right as you want, and it's kind of a good one to get into the game. So that's mine. Mine is, you guys are going to be real shocked, number one at Gilbert Plains. <laughs> the most uh, homer when it comes to uh, picking anything to do with courses. Uh, the tee shot at uh, – Number one at Gilbert, you, you cruise across the bridge, you go load up your clubs, you cruise across the bridge and then drive up to the tee box. Uh, it's a uh, multi-tiered tee box and mostly being in the in the middle for the whites. 
Uh, if the tees are up to the front, it gives the long hitters the temptation to go for the green on the first shot of the shot of the day. I myself mm-hmm. went for it about 98% of the time this year. And if you don't want to do that, it's just a nice smooth iron shot out into the middle of the fairway, and then you, you go to the green from there. So it's a dogleg right with uh, the river all the way down the right side of the hole. So it's a, it's a pretty cool hole to start. Drums. Uh, mine's going to actually be Wheat City. First hole, nice. um, I don't know what is it like three oh five something like that. So it's a, it's yeah, a it's relatively sh- relatively short par four uh, to open you up, open you up, but it's a pretty pretty intimidating tee shot. Your first tee shot of the day. Um, yep. I like I like that challenge to it. Um, it can be uh, a good view when when it's kind of peak peak season. You can have uh, the the water on the right looks good combined with um it's just a good view um so yeah. there's that uh the added bunker that they put in the past i don't know what is it three or four years now at like mm-hmm. 25 yards out just adds to the precision you'd have to do if you do want to hit driver and um yeah i think that's i think it's a good opening hole you you have trouble but it's not it depends how you hit the ball. Like I'm always going to slice my first, first tee shot. So I'm in the water no matter what. But even if you kind of go, <laughs> go safe, like you can knock an iron down in the middle and you still have a relatively yeah. short shot in. So it's a it's a fun it's a fun opening hole with some with some added visual challenges because I think it that it gives you a hard mental, um, yeah. to start on. Um, the green I like the like the green. It's got some some tough reads on it. But it's still not super hard that green either to read. So it is. I think it's just a good opening hole with some some challenge and some uh, some fun, some risk reward. Yeah, yeah. Well, both of you guys said risk reward on yours. Mine was uh, easy hole to start, but drums on on uh, Wheat City. I think to get to the green, it's maybe like what fifteen yards wide between the bunker and the rough that they cut up there. Right. Like it's it's narrow. If you yeah. want to roll it up there, either you got to go over that and hope for a good lie. Or uh, hit the 15-yard landing zone there and kind of try to sneak her through the green. Yeah. All right. I like that. I like those uh, opening holes, boys. So, two. Rigo. Oh, sorry. What's the order what? here? Uh, up first. Two. I've got Oak, uh, Oak Island. That's a uh, hard dogleg left, par four oh, yeah. off, the, off the hop there. So, you can hit, you can hit like a middle iron. And get yourself set up pretty pretty good for uh, for a short iron in still. Um, that's my two. Plus, it plays to your hook. Yes, sir. <laughs> my number two is actually one that we played for the first time this summer. Uh, drums, you were there, and it was uh, Melita. You you grew up there, so you know all about it. But it's uh, it's another very elevated tee shot. It's a par three. Uh, and it's just, uh, an awesome view up there. And I think, uh, I, in my course, I tried to, I guess we can get into that after, but, um, I tried to keep a few par threes, few par fours and, uh, Melita, I really like that hole there. It's a, it's a challenging second hole a day. My number two is going to be very uh, familiar with you guys. Um, pars maybe aren't so familiar with you guys on this hole. It's, uh, Number two at Dauphin Lake, uh, you start off there with number one, which is, uh, I don't want to say an easy birdie, but you can you can make birdie if you hit a couple good shots. 
and then it comes to number two, and it's about a 180-yard par three that plays, I don't know, something about that hole. Uh, the pin was at the front all week or all weekend at the Gary Brand, so it wasn't that tough. But if they move that pin back at all, it okay. becomes a very tough hole. And, I mean, there's a bunker on the front right, uh, trees on the left. It's a it's a tight shot. Like, it doesn't look that that crazy, but it's – I mean, I've seen a ton of bogeys or more there over the years. I don't know what it is about it, but it's a it's a very challenging hole. I don't yeah, know if you guys – My whole no, life I, I struggled with that I don't that remember. Hole. I could probably count the amount of pars I've had in my life there on two hands. So Yeah. Something about it, man. I, like you're I don't hitting, know what it is. You're hitting from 17 into the green or, or 10 into the green. I, that that oh, happens all the it's time. It's crazy, yeah. It's uh, – yeah. It's tough. And the wind, like I went from hitting a, I hit a six iron there one day on the weekend to a nine iron the next, just with the wind there. So it's, it is. And tough. they've cleared it out quite a bit. Hey, eh? the bushes by yeah. the tee box there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's good. Well, Rigo, I think you're up again with your three. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go to uh Dosa national, uh, the hole that was uh, completely underwater after the flood there. And I've seen some, pictures of it recently where it's uh almost back to full life uh what it is it's about 280 yards with a pond covering the front of the green about 20 yards short of the green so you have to fly at about 250 to go for the green and it's uh it's another one of those risk rewards i i tend to like those par fours so it's a fun hole yeah uh three for me i got down and this is probably high up on your guys's list too but rossman yeah. Oh, Rossman. It's one of the funnest holes you'll ever play. Uh, what is it? 85, 90 yards? 68, uh, I think. 68. Oh, really? That's short, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I just I just love playing it. Like, there's nothing spectacularly beautiful or, or difficult about it other than you got to hit a good good chip shot, basically. There's there's very few holes when you get up to the tee and you you think you have a chance at a hole in one every time and and you get yeah, that rush true. every time you take a swing in that hole. Yeah, true. It's pretty cool. I'm glad you said that, drums. Uh, my number three is actually at Oak Island. It's the uh, I wouldn't know if it's drivable or not, but it's probably about three ten, three twenty. Rigo's winking at me, so I think he's driven up before. I think it, it's kind of out in the open by the field there, so I'm sure if you had a bit of wind, you could hit it yeah. um, or not. But uh, I think it's cool because there's, a, like I said, there's a, there's a field and a fence running on the left side of it. Um, there's kind of a bailout on the right side if you hit a shorter club, but if you're hitting driver at it, it just kind of like it's one of the ones that gets narrower and narrower as you get closer to the green. So there's a bunker on the left. There's a hazard on the right. Um it's kind of still early in the round. So you're not, you haven't hit a whole lot of drivers yet. And uh, it makes you think I've hit anything from a driver there to a seven iron. Cause I mean, if you hit a seven iron 180, you're looking at about 110 in, which is kind of what you want. And uh, instead of like a 60 yarder in, so it kind of depends on your, how, how you're feeling. And it's another risk reward one, but it's a fun hole. It's good green. Um, there's been times where the pins kind of tucked on the back left corner where it looks like it's a lot closer than it is. And then you kind of land it up by the green and then you have to hit it over the ridge there to get to the back. So, uh, it's a mm -hmm. tough one, but if cool the pins kind of at the front or the middle, it's uh should be a birdie hole. 
I know that I joke around as an auto birdie. Uh, a couple of buddies laugh at that, but it should be one that you you have on you're on into and get a good putt at it. So that's three. Right. And so I'm up again, and I'm going back to Rossman Lake. This is probably my favorite hole on earth, I would say, just for uh, memory-wise and for everything. It's kind of a hard – it's a very hard tee shot. Actually, I shouldn't say it's kind of a hard tee shot, but um, it's par four. You have to probably land it about 220 yards if you want to get a look at the green. Trouble on both sides. And, uh, well, me and Rigo grew up there, and we would go to the 100-yard mark and just hit wedges into that green, so – that's kind of why I like the hole, but that's uh, number four at Rossman for me. Plus, we found about 6,000 golf balls in the creek shore of the green. True. Walking through there with like idiots. Uh, my number four, uh, it's kind of cool. Drums went number two, you went number three, and I'm going number four at Oak Island. So, obviously, they did something right there to open that course up. Um, number four, I, it's a cool hole, man. Dog leg left, and and it's another one of those holes. Well, it goes dog like it's a dog leg left, and then kind of goes back right. That's back, yeah. But it's it's one of those holes that can either be a. I don't want to say an easy birdie, but it can be if the wind's blowing the right way. But like that day that we played there, that I mean, it can play like treacherous, man. That the wind was out of the left, off the lake, and into us. It probably played about six hundred six over six hundred yards that day. I would say. Yeah, it was and nuts. other days it probably plays 450 depending on the wind. So it's a really yeah. cool hole. It can either be, uh, like I said, an easy birdie or a, a tough par. So I, I like that hole. Yeah, I was kind of at a toss-up um, between Oak Oak Island and the one I picked, which was uh, Clear Lake. Number four, Clear Lake. Par five with the, with the water running across in front of the green. It's not really a particularly hard hole, but – I've seen people struggle on that hole. I've struggled on that hole my entire life. It's so open on the left, yet all the time people are hitting it in that valley on the right. I mean, it's not really that difficult of a hole if you have a good drive, right? Like you can still put yourself in a good position to give it a chance on the second shot if you're if you're yep. if you got the balls. Uh, but it's still a hard third shot, and if you've laid up, just with the mm-hmm. water, the bunkers at the back, so it it's a good good mix of, of hard and, and, uh, and just a fun hole. Um, the green can get crazy depending on the pin too. Uh, if it's at the back, you're flirting with the bunkers at the front, it's going to have a hell of a lot of slope to it. So it can, it can be a fun hole or it can be, it can be a bitch, just a tough hole too. So it's, it's funny you said that drums. I actually, uh, on my original list before I edited today, I had, uh, Rossman at three and Clear Lake at four, so it's a it's a good thing I switched out. I guess so we had some some variety. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had the same one yet, eh? No, that's I'm impressed crazy. by that. Drums, that uh, that approach shot. I mean, I'm more of a guy who on that hole. I usually play Clear Lake when it's a town rack, so qualifying especially. I usually hit a six iron and then get it to the hundred. But you're right that that even a shot from a hundred yards, you got a creek there, you got bunkers right and back. And it just seems like that the landing area on that green is like five feet. It's either coming off or, uh, you know what I mean? Or going yeah. left. Yeah. So, or you're coming back down the hill if you go too far. Yeah, exactly. Wind makes a big difference on that hole too, man. True. It's always swirling I, there. I went just two different occasions out of this year. I went driver pitching wedge in that, in that thing that we had with uh, Jordy and all those guys and Chauzy. 
And then in the Tamarack, I went driver hybrid as hard as I could hit them both. And I just got onto the front of the green. So it's, yeah, if you can get it up there and have some yeah. wind. Yeah. Cause it, if you can land on that second or get anywhere close to that second hump, then it runs forever down there too. catch that and run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Drum starts off on five, buddy. Five. I've got uh dolphin lake. Um, that dog leg par five dog leg, right. Par five. Uh, got a little sentimental value to me. Like I remember growing up as a kid, it was always like a goal to hit it over the trees and stuff. Right. Yeah. Get it through the trees, get it through the trees and give yourself a shot at, at getting on in two. Um, kind of the bunkers at the front or the bunker at the front can play uh, a bit of havoc depending on where they put the pin, but not an overly difficult hole. Just, uh, just one that I've always loved. Must be a few years since you've been there. Oh, really? Completely changed? Completely changed. They got, changed. A, oh, they got shit. a freaking hazard there now in front, like water. They, they ripped the right out the, enti- the entire bush on the right because they were going to make that the fairway, and then they took out that bunker and filled it with grass in the front, and now there's a water hazard in front. Oh. That's a totally different hole, but I miss the old number five. That was a sweet hole. Yeah, I like the old five better, too. Yeah. This one's hard to get at now, eh? Like... I find it hard anyways, but I've only played there once a year for the last couple of years. Uh, drums will get there next summer. Yeah. Um, my number five, hole five is Killarney. Part five, it's the train track hole. Oh, yeah. So um, it's it's a kind of a shoot to get out of there for the drive, um, but it kind of everything funnels down, so – um, people have said that the maximum club that they usually hit on the second shot is like a seven or eight iron because everything just kind of flows down there. So I don't really remember that this year, but um, it's just cool. I, I like taking the the cart over the train tracks and it's just a different kind of hole. There's not many of the train tracks that run through courses around here. So I just like the hole. I'd be interested to know if that train still runs. Like if it still yeah, goes through I wouldn't through think so. I think it's just getting stuck uh, behind the train on the course. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, mine. I haven't played this course that much, but when I have, I've really enjoyed this hole. It's a beautiful hole, uh, number five at Shiloh. Uh, it's dogleg left par five, and it's another one of those ones. If it's in the wind, it plays long, and if not, you can get there in two. The second shot's blind over the trees if if you don't hit your tee shot far enough right, mm-hmm. and it's a uh, it's a severely sloped fairway from right to left. So basically, you can hit it up on the hill, and it all kind of feeds down to the to the blind second shot. And uh, I, I've I've really enjoyed that hole every time I've played there. And Jor, the green's kind of crazy there too, is it not? Yeah, it's like almost three tiers. Mm-hmm. Not severely sloped, but it's you can kind of run it up there, and it can run down into the little um, right little, lots of gathering uh, areas. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But yeah. Uh, yeah, there is kind of three different levels to it. So if you get at the top. Uh, you could be a runner all the way down to the bottom if they're running them fast. Par fives when you have to hit two like solid shots to get to the green are, are fun par fives. That is I a really hard enjoy yeah, those. It's, it's, it's yeah. a tough one to get at too. It's one I usually just play this year was a little different, but we usually play scrambles out there and that's yeah. something that you can get there in two. But by yourself it is a tough one to get to in two mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely. Shiloh starts with four par fours, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then it and goes number kinda, five is a par five. And, and then, then par three, yeah. Par three. And then another par five, no? Nope. It's no. that one that goes straight left. 
and then a par three and then a par five. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that was five, Rigo. Mm-hmm. So I, what I'm heading back six? to uh, our honey hole at uh, Rossman Lake. That's a fun hole, man. Dog leg left, 254 yards over the trees. If you want to go for it, got to hit a high ball to get around to get over top, or bend one around the corner. It's it's a fun hole, and that green is crazy. That green's nuts. And what else is on that hole? Tree. Hal's tree. Our grandpa Hal, when he passed away, uh, they planted a tree just over the creek, kind of right down the aiming area. My dad says uh, every time he gets that hole, he says right over Hallie's tree, and he, he hits a fade, so he kind of bends one. Right, well, it doesn't always go there, but he's pretty dialed in as a driver these days. So <laughs> most of the time, he hits it right over there. But it's that a it's a very going to be a hole. bitch in ten years. Oh yeah, It'll like that's going to change that hole a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people cursing grandpa's name when they uh, hit that tree. <laughs> Rummy? Uh, what are we at? Six? I got uh, yeah. six at GP. Gilbert. That, uh, R5? That, yeah, that green. It's the green, right? Yeah. That, that green protects that wild. whole hole. There's so much shit that can go on in that green. Uh, you can be going for 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 three and and end up with a six. So, it it can be a gong show, just ending with that green and then going back over the other side for the last couple of holes on the front nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that green is nuts. So that's pretty sweet. Well, we've gone six holes without any uh, any doubling up yet, and we're going to continue. I got six at Nipah. Up the hill. Up the hill, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's a tough shot, and then it's got a beautiful. Uh, it's got a hard second shot, elevated green. It's got a very big green too, and it's kind of got a few different um, slopes on it and different ledges. But uh, looking back, once you get onto hole six green, um, it's just a beautiful view from up there. So uh, it is. It's a tough tee shot. Uh, you're definitely not in driver there, right? No, it's no, like a six kind of, iron probably. Right, and then you're hitting it up, which isn't. A, I don't think it's a wedge up, is it? No, no, it's like yet a, this year. So I would say it's a it's tough like a, hole. If you hit it 185 yards, you got another 170 up the hill. That's what I, I thought. Say. And it's it just kind of gets hole. narrow and narrower with a hazard on the left and some bush on the right. And then the hazard's uh, about 60 yards long in front of the green. Right. Yeah. So it's it's a challenging hole, but it's it's beautiful. It's uh it's one of those holes that you love, and it's a feature hole, I guess, on Nipah. I think so. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And with that, we'll roll into uh, Suris Glenwood, which uh, my good buddy Bryce Giroux, I think he's been listening to a couple podcasts, so I figured I'd give one, uh, give a shout out to his home course there. It's a beautiful little course. I know you guys have played it before. But uh, hole seven, it's a dog leg left, and the best part about it, it has a beer tree. So uh, if you hit your drive and it hits the tree, you got to buy your foursome of beer, so that's a cool no way. That. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. I think it's seven. I'm pretty sure I played there quite a few times, but uh, it was hard to, there's not a whole lot of scorecards and virtual tours online that I was looking at, but I'm pretty sure it's whole seven. So Cyrus Glenwood. I'm heading to uh, the the top of the hill where you hit up on, on number six Jeez. at Nipah and you hit back down for this uh, super elevated tee shot on number seven with a, a hazard all the way down the left and right and 
kind of follows it all the way up in front of the green. That's a tough hole, man. It's one of the tougher part fives. If it's windy, man, holy smokes. Yeah, it is for sure. Lots that's... of trouble on that tee shot. And second shot's hard. Oh, you that's one of those tee shots that you hit, and if your ball starts going straight, you just exhale. But if your ball has any spin on it when it's windy there, that yeah. thing is gone. You're so high up in the air. Yeah. And it's a very dangerous drive down the hill after. So you better be careful if you've had a few beers before then. Yeah. <laughs> Drums. Uh, seven's taken. Seven's taken me to uh, Verdon. Remember Verdon? Seventh hole. Par three. Um, oh yeah, over the those, water. Yeah, over the water. Water kind of on your your right. You kind of come out of a shoot when you when you tee off with the with the water and then trees on the left. Um, yeah, that is a nice hole. It's kind of got that uh, elevated green that they just run all the sides kind of run off, and then the front's got a bunker as well. So it's a it's it can be a relatively tough tee shot. We played both tees, so we played middle and back, and it was super hard from the yeah. backs. It was I think it's like one eighty five with with all that going on too, and it's then and the the green had a lot of uh, undulation and, and a lot of break and, and a lot of putts on that one too. So. Uh, I like that hole. I was actually really surprised with, at how much I liked Verdon in general. Um, yeah, it's and a cool. Seven it's was Manitoba's a, oldest course. Yeah, I think that's, oh, that's what right. Patty said, right? But yeah, seven, yeah. Uh, seven definitely stood out with me. Love it. So, what do you have for eight? Eight. I got eight at Clear Lake. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, just a fun hole. I love that short par four that I've been trying to hit the green since I was 13 years old. And I don't think I'll ever come closer than like 20 yards. Either I'm going left or right or duffing it. Yeah. You got to land it in the perfect spot on that hole to get on the green for sure. Cause your fairway runs kind of everywhere. Reggie? right? No, I'm up. Right. Yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. I got eight at uh Minidosa. That's the par three elevated tee. Um, I, we played there at the start of this year and it was, well, the, the spring, we had a very windy spring. Uh, so we did a couple practice rounds out there before the, the RBC scramble. And I swear that hole was playing 250 yards. Uh, it was dead into the wind. We were kind of at the back tees there um, by that tin shack. And uh, it's a cool hole. It's uh, it's everything kind of slopes down to the left. So it's kind of a hard, uh, landing spot, but um, and we had a good memory with the chip in there on eight, so that's mm-hmm. my whole beautiful hole. That was on my uh, list this morning as well before I adjusted it here. Wow, we're that's... like 24 for 24, just about. So, actually, we are now if you don't have that one. No, I don't have that one. So, I have uh, number eight at Poplar Ridge. Uh, maybe not so much for our scramble draw this year because we I think we made a double there for our four man scramble. Oh, yeah. Or not, it wasn't a scramble, sorry. It was a four-person best ball, but um, it's a dog leg left. You got to, if you want to go on one one line, you got to carry it about 240 yards right. through yeah, basically yeah. uprights of trees to get to the fairway there. And then we didn't know because we didn't, we didn't play there that often or go for it that there was another hazard up by the green and two of us flew into there. So... Uh, you can either take an iron out and play down the right, and it plays like a normal part four, or put on your big boy pants and uh, try to fly the hazard through the uprights. And it's a 
another one of those risk reward holes that uh, lots of golfers love. So it's a, it's a fun hole. I would say it's their signature hole or it was when they, they first built yeah. the course. It's a tough tee shot, man. Lots of water. Uh, maybe, sorry. No, number 11 would be their signature, but that par three down downhill, but right. this one's yeah, not a yeah. cool hole. All right. That is okay. eight. And for that, I'm heading just uh, down highway 10 to Clear Lake. Number nine. Uh, it's just, I mean, the tee shot is one of the easier ones ever if you can just pick a target. But as soon as you get down that hill, that's about where the easy easy stops. I mean, that green is just crazy. It, <laughs> how many memories do you guys have of just seeing people just implode on that hole? Like it, <laughs> it's a crazy green. There's slopes everywhere. Everything slopes so dramatically to the front if you're on the front half and then everything to the back left as soon as you get past that front half and it's it's a tough par man that's a it is a very tough par some Nine. of us can birdie it some of us can birdie it uh to get into a playoff hole but others can't <laughs> Drew birdied it last year in the time rack to get in into a playoff hole <laughs> what do they say uh, Bl even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while Sorry, just just one last thing on that too before I before I end that. Almost every single person who doesn't play that course very often gets to the top of the hill on number nine, and you have the view over top of those trees into Clear Lake, and you can see the whole lake. And I would say ninety five percent of people who it's their first time playing there stop at the top of that hill and take a picture with the lake in the background. Yeah, for sure. Because it's you need to clear out some beautiful. of that bush. Yeah, they do on the left on. Uh, yeah. Hole 10, hole 11, hole 12. They need to clear out some of that and get some views on those holes. I'm guessing park, it has guess, to do so. with, uh, yeah, federal, federal yeah. rules. Yeah. Drums, what are you closing out the front nine here today? I'm closing out with number nine at Dauphin. Um, Ooh, wow. Just stop quickly there. We got 27 for 27. We got all different holes. That's incredible, actually. Nice. So what That's actually got, insane. Part three. Part three. Your ace. That's my ace. That's my nostalgia hole, so. That's going to be my favorite one forever. I f nothing to add on it other than you got a hole in one there. What else do I need to say? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, I'll round us out here. Uh, that's I'm I'm blown away the fact that we didn't have any double double ups because you guys mentioned a few that I had as kind of my backups and yeah, same. and etc. And I kind of just it worked out perfectly, so that's awesome. Um, I got number nine at Wheat City. Uh, I can't go nine holes without mentioning the home course. Um, Wheat City, you got hole seven, you got hole eight. Both are fairly easy par fives, I would say. So you're kind of feeling pretty good about yourself. And then not, you get to nine and it's just like, what? I've seen good rounds ruined on nine. Uh, guys being two under, one under, and then all of a sudden they double or triple nine to start 10, which is also a bitch of a hole. But uh I like I like nine. I used to hate it, uh, but I hit a fade now. It's it's tough to draw it around there as a lefty, but uh, I hit a fade now, and uh, it's a tough tee shot. It's a tough second shot, and uh, but once you finish nine and look back, there's a pond there, and it's it's actually a beautiful, very underrated view from nine green at Wheat City. So that's what I got. Par four. Did you go across the bridge on that hole? No. Nope. Or is there a bridge? Is it right well, beside I guess number one tee box? Like a culvert, yeah. Number two tee box. Yeah. 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 Number okay. two. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. buy number one green. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's a so receiving green, hey? Like how long it is back there? Yeah, it's yes, a cool it hole. Yeah. Depending on where the pin is, um, you can think that you're 10 feet away and be 35 or 40 feet away. So that's just yeah. kind of the look from back there. And uh, trouble left, trouble right, and uh, a, a pond. So with that, let's wrap up the first segment here and we'll get to the uh, the free ad in a sec. Or what are you thinking about, Rigo? No, Rigo, where are you? Are we lagging? Why are we going? Tonight. Yeah. Well, I thought we were going for a whiz or something. Tonight's Take free ad. Tonight's free ad. <laughs> is brought to you by Framework Media, also known as our good pal Liam, Liam Shamray. He is a photographer, videographer, website designer uh, extraordinaire. We worked with Liam quite a bit this summer, and we have uh, absolutely nothing but great things to say about him. He's a young guy. Um, but he's very easy to uh, to talk to and to get along with. He's a very likable guy, which makes everything easier when you're doing that kind of stuff. So uh, Liam joined us out at Killarney for a round. Uh, he was the fifth guy out there. It was a slower day on the course, so he was able to hit a couple shots. He's a good golfer. Um, but most of all, like I said, he was just awesome to be around. And uh, at sometimes you didn't even know he was there. He was just getting his work done. And uh, between our stuff and there's a few other companies in town that use him a lot, so... Um, if you're a company who needs some sort of story told or video, uh, videotaped or whatever you would call that, uh, check out Framework Media. Uh, that's Liam. So that is tonight's free ad. If you want to see his some of his sample work, head over to our YouTube channel where we posted our video from our day with Liam and Clarney, Clarney Lakeside Golf Course. So that's that. Yeah, he's a he's a super interesting guy. He's had a I've seen a couple of very very well done videos of uh, house tours when it comes to real estate. Uh, he does a hell of a job. Uh, yeah, basically, check him out on uh, Instagram Framework Media. He's he's an incredible guy. That's right. Okay, fellas, let's get into the second segment here. We're gonna start it off with Reggie's Stroke Saver. What what's on the agenda tonight, Reggie? Uh, Reggie Stroke Saver tonight is a uh, it's another pretty basic tip. Um, it may seem basic to a lot of people, but there might be uh, a few of you out there that that would never think to do it. Uh, basically, it is around the greens when hitting a chip shot. Uh, lots of guys, if they hit a chip shot and it goes past the hole, they kind of bury their head and they're, they're kind of upset with themselves about the chip they just hit. Instead of doing that, uh, just keep an eye on where the ball breaks after it runs past the hole. And it'll basically give you a free read coming back the other way. And a free read that you can also be very confident in hitting the putt back the other way. Uh, I myself in the tournament on the weekend didn't do this a couple times because I was cheesed that uh, I blasted the chip past the hole. Ended up missing the putt coming back just because I didn't know where the putt went. So it's it's an easy thing to do, uh, but it, it saves a a few of those five, six footers knowing the read to them and uh, stroking the putt in with confidence. And, and again, it, may, like it may seem like a very basic thing, but it, it helps a lot in trusting where that next putt's going. Basic is good. And sometimes people just need a reminder of that. So you said mm -hmm. chipping not and putting too or no? Well, putting too, yeah. 
Definitely. Any putter putting would probably be though. Yeah, I mean, if people are thinking about that, it's probably with a putter. But um, by the time you're chipping and it runs past the hole, it probably has the spin taken out of it already. So it, mm-hmm. you can pay attention to that too, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, drums. What's on the culture corner tonight? Uh, tonight we got a pretty quick one. Um, I was just looking for something to to kind of kill. I think I had maybe an hour of just free time and nothing. Wasn't looking for anything too serious, so I came across this uh, Netflix documentary series called uh, High Score, and it basically just goes through the history of video games. So it starts like with the Ataris, and then how how they died out, and and then like the resurgence with uh, with the Nintendos, and then the Super Nintendos, and how they had all these competitions back in the day. And like you remember the the movie The Wizard, where they travel to California to playing like the video nope. game and it was like the introduction of the game boy bluff <laughs> oh really yeah all right i'm a little more geek here than you guys maybe i wouldn't say that. i'm a pretty big gamer but i i uh i stick to the mainstream games no it's been pretty cool like uh just checking checking out the the evolution of everything from like literally pong into the games that we have nowadays where you basically create yourself in a game and and do all that rpg stuff so um yeah yeah, just something pretty easy to watch nothing you got to think about just kill some time and and watch some some nostalgic long uh, only i think they're like 45 minutes an episode i think there's six episodes i'm only three it's a series yeah gotcha Cool. I watched the social dilemma last night. And Isn't it nuts. Uh, yeah, I would say it is nuts. It's uh, you know what? I could I can get my head around um, my phone knowing me better than I know myself in terms of. I mean, the the better my phone knows me, the less I have to worry about. Like if uh, if I'm out of milk and my phone knows that, then milk should appear in my fridge someday. But I don't like the fact that uh, it is influencing political decisions and stuff like that. Uh, I don't think that that's right. And I think that that's something that needs to change in a very, very quick hurry because that's that's my issue with it. Yeah, like the tough part is going to be how do they stop it? Yeah, I know. Stop like if you, I'll, I'll tweet you something next time I see it. Um, and it, it has like to do with like Russian bots. So it was like, um, over the weekend, the rock put out that video. And so you can go through the comments and you'll find like thousands upon thousands of the same of people saying the exact same thing. And then you like take that and copy and search that in Twitter. And it comes up with millions of like just fake accounts that put this. Really? Yeah. So it's just crazy shit like that. Yeah, it is crazy. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, it was cool. It was, uh, it was eye-opening for sure. I mean, we can, we can get into other stuff on a different episode there, but what happened? You're doing your stupid conspiracy shit. I shouldn't say stupid cause I, I like it too, but I don't know how many people that listen to this would, would care about our conspiracy talks. Yeah. I think that's, I want to, I want to pick your guys' brains though. One of these days, just to what all the stuff, you know, but we'll, we'll save do it. We'll just do it. Yeah. We'll just do an episode one day, like off calendar day on a Sunday or something. And if it sucks and we'll just gas it. Yeah. What do you got in the okay. uh, junk drawer tonight, drawer? Oh, I got something real special tonight, boys. Ooh. It's a, uh, 
I'm really, really hoping that this hasn't been done by anybody yet, but I feel like it has. So I'll start with the problem first. The problem is a people who come to the course without cash B people who don't pay after the round because it's three or four or $5 or something like that. And I think the solution for this is, Oh, and C one more problem, sorry, which is people don't know the rules of the games. So my solution is uh, an app on your phone that has like 20, 30, 40 games of golf. You, uh, I mean, you get to the course, you type in who's playing, you pick your uh, course, um, you pick how many people are going to pay, how much people are going to pay, what game you're going to play. And then uh, it just connects through their bank accounts. And then uh, it goes, it pays out at the end of it once the scores have all been counted up. Oh, so like each guy deposits money into the account yeah. or something like that? You'd set, it, you'd set it up as like a pay on your online banking account. But you gotta have everybody's gotta have it before teeing off. I gotta, right. I gotta add to it too. You could actually add in. You could make it the golf course app, and then they just add the games on there onto the I, golf course app, so you can pay for drinks through that too. Yeah. I think idea. you guys just make a King Golf app with that on it. Wow. That's. Oh. We might have to cut this part out of the uh, episode. <laughs> but I think the coolest part about it would be um, the fact that, well, you wouldn't have to pay for it. I think that the way it would make money is, say you have eight guys playing. I mean, think about how many times you've spent. It is a good time, and it's cool to have cash and stuff like that and figure out who won. But I know one specific time we had like 12 or 16 guys. We went to Original Joe's after. And we were all pretty in the bag at that point. And it legitimately took us two hours to figure out who won any money. Right. But this app, so the way, this app keeps track of it. Yeah, the app would just figure it out as soon as you enter all the scores in. Um, wow. But uh, the, the way it would make money is like, say, the pots, 20 bucks times 10, 160 bucks. It would just take like 5% of the pot. So if you think about how many games would be going on at the same time across the world, then you're getting 5% of every pot. Like that would be pretty, that'd be pretty substantial. I think you'd get, you'd have to get more users for sure. But I thought that was a cool one. I thought that and it was really something that's probably going to happen in the next five or less years. Well, yeah. Just look at the way everything's going right now. Like I don't think cash is going to be along around very long. Write down the date and time that you said that, and we'll make sure that uh, somebody gets you some royalties if you don't make it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I doubt we'll make it, but the point of this is just to kind of uh, – maybe maybe somebody will do it. Maybe a listener will come across it one day, and they'll send me a thank you card with uh, a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> just a thank, a thank you card, just with their name, nothing else. <laughs> a $5 Tim's card. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's that. We can, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's unreal, to... man. Holy shit! All right, well, we're gonna get into the second part here, which is the overrated or underrated part of the show. Uh, we've been getting a ton of good suggestions from our friends on Instagram and Twitter, 
Um, but before we get into that quickly, I'm just going to mention a few that uh, I, th- I thought was, were pretty funny and that we're probably not going to have a conversation around, but uh, they're worth mentioning. So uh, we had movie actors and actresses from Tyson, a.k.a. Bearded Mongrel on Instagram. And I think my... Uh, That's a great handle. My, uh, my thoughts on that would just be watch the Ricky Gervais... 10 minute YouTube videos at the, what, what was the drums? Golden Globes. Golden Globes. That's how I feel. Yeah, that was hilarious. Too. Yeah. Uh, Katie, <laughs> Katie Nolt. I'm going to, I got her name right this time. She said, Regan being, <laughs> Regan being a girl's name. Ask Twitter. Um, what else did we have in here? Uh, Misha Abel wanted to do a, hot or not for the pga guys so maybe we'll get into that sometime it's probably not maybe we'll go lpga girls probably we won't do guys <laughs> that's sexist um katie Nold katie also said uh pat's <laughs> weed picking abilities at the gilbert plains golf course and rigo while i'm looking at this quickly just touch on um the job that patty's doing out at gilbert like legit the rat oh yeah. man We've had a wild couple of days here with Pat. It's tough to speak too highly of him, but uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, he, I mean, Pat's 76 years old. Uh, he's known as Pat the Rat to round off in here. He is one of the funniest, hardest working guys out there. Uh, he has that golf course. Like he just does all the stuff nobody else wants to do. Like he'll just <laughs> get out there with a broom and sweep all the pavement in front of the golf course, get all the leaves out of there and just, like clean all the garbage. He he just does everything, and and he just does it all out of his kindness. He just wants to do it, and he's he's an interesting guy. Uh, if anybody <coughs> anybody knows him, they know yeah, that he he's, a, he's, he's a, a cool he's guy. A great guy. I remember watching him uh, crash into the beer cart lady one time. <laughs> he yeah. went ass over tea kettle out of the cart. It was like, Daryl. Yeah, it's Daryl Hyde, and he went flying over the handrail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an interesting guy. guy. Actually, I love Patty. <laughs> And then he got he, uh, up and was like, what are you doing to her? And he crashed yeah. into her. I could tell you guys a really funny story about uh, yesterday, but I don't know if we have time. Uh, save uh, it. Let's, let's save it for a Pat the Rat special. It is super interesting. We called the cops and declared him go. missing yesterday. <laughs> so, okay, go. I got to no. hear it now. We'll, we'll yeah, get into that it. another day. Well, no, say it now. Uh, We're into it already. <laughs> Katie's trading in her vehicle. So... She has, she's test driving the new vehicle and uh, she, she's washing the, the vehicle she's test driving at co-op and Pat rides up on his bike and says, where's, where's your van? And she says, uh, it's at Benson's, I'm test driving this one. And he says, well, I need your van for the weekend. Can I borrow it? So he borrows it and he actually ended up giving me a ride home from the Gary Brandon. He just showed up at the golf course in Dolphin on Friday night and gave me a ride home from that, from the Gary Brandon tournament. In her van. And then, yeah, and Katie says, uh, I guess right before she gave it to him on Friday, she said, Pat, I need you to have this van back to me at 9 o'clock Monday morning because I need to trade it in on Monday on the new vehicle. <laughs> so 9 a.m. rolls around on Monday, and uh, not there, 10 rolls around. <laughs> Katie goes and drops that, the uh, trade-in vehicle, or the uh, vehicle she's test driving off of the dealership for them to get everything ready all the uh, paperwork and everything. We drove around town looking for about 40 minutes, looking for Pat, uh, checked all his usual hotspots, nothing. 
11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Still no sign of Pat. And he is like, anybody who knows Pat knows that he's not the guy that's going to, like, he would have the vehicle there at 9 a.m., washed, vacuumed out on the inside. Like, just, he's that kind of guy. So we're like, okay, well, and and the the most important thing is he doesn't have a phone (laughs) and he never has had a phone. So if you want to see, if you want to get a hold of Pat, you have to find him. So smoke signals. Anyways, it's four o'clock. And I said, you know what? I bet, I I think he might be fishing at the Wilson river if he's anywhere. That's what he always talks about. So Katie just bought a new house out, out in the country near this Wilson river. So Katie's husband drives out there while he's driving out there. Katie calls, uh, the dolphin detachment and declares Pat a missing person because like we're all worried about him. He's 76 years old. He should have had the van back and whatever. So I guess Kyle shows up to the Wilson river and Pat's there fishing. And he says, Pat, what are you doing here? Like we've been waiting for this van all day. And he says, I'm fishing. What does it look like? (laughs) He thought he was supposed to have the van back on Tuesday, but it was Monday. <laughs> so he was fishing oh, from man. 7 a.m. to 4 in the afternoon. That's and phenomenal. Kyle's trying to yell at him to tell him to bring the van back. And he, he's trying to tell Kyle how many fish he caught during the day. <laughs> Just completely ignoring the fact that he's been declared missing to the police. Unreal. We should have Patty on here one time. Oh, oh my God, God. No. That'd be wild. That's going to oh, be a video be interview. Yeah, it would be for sure. He's going to be at the tournament this weekend. We'll get some good audio from him. Okay. Get it going with uh, overrated, underrated here. Okay, so mine is from a uh, Gilbert Plains member, uh, Nathan Zadarozny. Overrated or underrated, owning your own golf cart? Me and Drums both have our own golf cart, so I guess we'll fire this one up. Um, we've had ours for four years now. I owned it with Kyle Turner first, the mule, Kyle mule Turner. And then, uh, he moved out to Saskatchewan for a while. So he sold his share to Mitch Moose Kaminsky. So I've had a mule and a moose, uh, as my partners. Uh, and I would say it's probably, uh, I don't know. If I'm if I'm in between, I'm going to say on par because there are definitely some downsides to it, and there are some high costs, and uh, it can be a pain in the ass, especially when you're hauling it around and your uh, canopy, your cooler, and a whole bunch of golf balls come flying out of the cart. But uh, overall, I mean, if I didn't have that cart, me and Moose probably wouldn't be as good as buddies we are. And it's nice just to have a cart whenever you want to take it out. You can. Um, the reason I would say it might be slightly overrated is because you can get a decent rate for. Um, cart memberships now without any worry about storage or anything like that so but i would say it's on par we've had a lot of good times with that cart so that's my spiel i'll stick with par as well uh much the same as you like it i don't know like it's great when you have it to at your use but i mean really what would it be if you didn't pay for the cart and you just went with uh doing the cart rental for the year Uh, i don't know really and then like having, cost benefit you mean cost benefit like yeah. having to put batteries we just had to put batteries in ours we finished we did a couple last year and then did a couple more this year to finish it off so it can get expensive too having one but i don't know it's always nice just uh running grabbing your cart so i don't know i'm gonna stay on par as well it's probably not saving you a ton of money right i don't think it is like if you if i golf the same amount of rounds this year 
unless you own them for 20 years, then obviously it is, right? But right. most people don't. So, yeah. I'm going to say I don't own one, but I'm going to say uh, on par, I have a uh, cart membership at Gilbert. Uh, the nice thing about the cart membership is uh, I get to the course, I walk across the bridge, grab a key from inside the pro shop and grab a cart and go. I don't have to worry about cleaning it. I don't have to worry about changing the batteries. I don't have to worry about gassing it up. I don't have to worry about winterizing it, anything, storing it anywhere. But it would be nice to have a trailer and take it to different courses and take it to the lake and do this and that. Um, Mom and dad's is very handy to have at the, at the golf course at Rossman. When you live at a place or have a seasonal at a place, I think it's, even better that way because you can just drive down to the golf course. Right. Um, as far as having one in Gilbert, I, I don't know that I'll ever get one in Gilbert. It's just, uh, I don't know if it makes sense or not to me to, to get one. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know if we've ever had three pars before. I don't think so either. I think there's lots of good to it and there's lots of uh, stuff mm-hmm. you could do without for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, drums, what do you got? Uh, mine came from, uh, we got a double header here. So a couple guys, uh, throwing this one at us. Uh, we got Josh Dines and Matt Lekkinen are saying PXG. PXG probably is the brand I'm thinking, right? Like overall, I guess. Yeah. Cause they make putters, irons, wedges, they, and drivers, right. right? Like everything. Yeah. And everything's super expensive. Um, I'm going to say overrated, but I've never, I've also never tried them. But I just can't see any club unless it has a rocket ship attached to the ball that's going to make me pay that much money for it. I mean, that's a lot of money. And you can, I mean, you can shoot the same scores. We talked about it last week. I think more of the club fitting is more important than the actual brand on the clubs. And I guess that's a big part of PXG is they're all custom, right? But, I mean, you can get custom clubs for a lot less, so... I'm thinking that there's going to be a lot of people agreeing with this, but I'm going to go overrated. I can't, I just can't see any other reason for it. I'm going to say on par in the sense that I personally uh, would never ever buy them just because I, I mean, I hunt for deals everywhere for golf clubs. I mean, I guess I paid full price for my irons, but that's whatever, but drivers, like I would never pay $700 for a driver, let alone whatever they are, 14, 15, 25. I don't know what they are. They're expensive as hell, though. Uh, one thing I will say, though, Sean McCory from uh, Gilbert uh, went to Vegas and rented clubs at a course there, and the rental clubs were PXG. He said the irons were big cavity backs and not impressed, not impressive at all, but he said the driver was absolutely incredible. He said it was, like, very hard to hit bad. Uh, all over the club face, it was just, he said it was very forgiving. He didn't have any drives that really felt bad the whole round. Interesting. He said he's definitely thinking about buying a driver, a mm-hmm. PXT driver. So that's where the underrated comes from, but I would say the overrated would be just a guy like myself. I would never have enough money to afford any kind of stuff like that. And it wouldn't be worth it, I don't think. Yeah, we kind of touched on it uh, last week, I think, with Scotty's. Mm-hmm. Yep. that how it came up um again i'm not in the class that uh should be hitting the most expensive clubs in the world um so i'm going super 
super overrated. I can't see the irons making like that much of a difference in my game for how much the price difference would be in what I'm using. Um, I think that's, that's crazy. Cause it's that. And then those Hamas or whatever they're called, like the price Hama, of yeah. those things yeah. are, are, are nuts. Um, so yeah, now, yeah. now's a good time to buy those Hamas though. Why? They're pretty sharp looking clubs. Justin Rose bailed on them and they cut like, their price on Golf Town cut in half. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, didn't he? Didn't he quit using them because of the coronavirus? I don't know. He went from number one in the world to very average real quick while he was using the Hanmas. He switched to those Hanmas while he was the world number one. Okay, we got some research for next episode, Rigo. You're gonna find out how much a PXG set costs as your uh, housekeeping stuff. I know that they're anywhere. I figure out if Justin Rose switched because of the pandemic. San Sanheim has some <laughs> and I I don't think he paid all that much, but then he said uh one of his teammates spent eleven thousand I think on a set of iron. So, yeah. Yeah. That's mental. My car's worth less than that. So. so I think I think you can basically spend as much as you want on them. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's get into the the third and final one here, uh which is Ball retriever in the bag, followed by a woof. <laughs> Buzz, your girlfriend, woof. Uh, that's from Derek Stakilo. Um, Ooh, the uh, twenty twenty Midmasters champion, Saskatchewan Midmasters champion, which I I believe is equivalent to the mid amateur here in in uh, Manitoba, which is very impressive. Uh, he won it at his home course in uh, Yorkton. At Deer Park, shout out to Stike for that. And uh, pretty, pretty funny question. Uh, I would say just based on the, uh, the reaction that we had to finding balls in the bush and then shitting on balls that were found in the water, <laughs> I guess it, it'd be good, good in the sense that if you hit a brand new pro V into the water, you could, you could get it. But as far as picking those balls that have been there for for a while, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Drummy? Uh I'm not picking balls out of the water no matter what. So <laughs> <laughs> overrated on that. I'm not I would never use one. I don't oh, what but, if your balls no okay. What if your ball is in there for like thirty seconds while you drove yeah. up to the pond? Well then like, I reach it with my club. Like I don't need a fucking extended arm to get it. Like I'm not spending yeah, the time do. to do that. Have you ever played number seven at Gilbert? Yeah, I got shit to do. I'm Have not spending all day grabbing a club a ball. Yeah, if you hit a if I see somebody in front of me with, Gilbert, with a ball retriever, I'm shooting a ball at them. I'm not waiting <laughs> for them. Uh, we played golf on the weekend with Dally and Danny, and Dan uh, I think Danny had a ball retriever. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll tell her to keep her heads up. <laughs> so you're going overrated, obviously, extremely. I mean, I, I never gave my answer. I'm on par. I'm going to go underrated here, I think. I mean, like, what's the harm? What's the – like, imagine a scenario where you hit a $7 ball in the water and it's like a foot out of reach. Like, it's not taking any room in your cart or anything. It's just, like, in your bag. Like, I think it counts as a club in a tournament, though. <laughs> I just don't see you – know, it is probably pretty bad style, but, I mean, as a Ukrainian, which I've said before – 
if I lose a pro v one, I want to find that bastard of a ball. Sure. Somewhere. What if we? What if we start making uh, ball retriever head covers for King Golf and so it's yeah, they're discreet? Let's bring ball retrievers back, man. I think that they're underrated. <laughs> so they're discreet in the bag. Nobody has to know you have one. And then boom, you pull a head cover off and you're prepared. I'm going to push you both in the water next time you start using you've never ball used them before. It's severely overrated, like moose. He has one in his bag? Guy's got a set of alignment sticks and he's probably never used them in his entire life. <laughs> yeah, he used them the other day. He sent, he sent a picture from. Uh, uh, oh, the driving range. range. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He was that might have been them. the first time he ever used them. <laughs> probably because I chirped them. <laughs> okay, that's the end of that. Uh, what did you say? I'm underrated. Oh, right. Um, I guess with that, I'll mention quickly before drums wraps us up is uh, by the time you're hearing this, probably on Thursday, uh, King Golf still has our first ever um, sale on on our website. So go to our website. We got every product is 20% off up until Sunday. Um, we're probably going to do these maybe once or twice a year, these sales. Um, so head down there. We got lots of stuff on there. We got lots of hats, head covers, hoodies, t-shirts, some women's stuff, some youth stuff, kinggolf.ca. Get it. I think that's going to wrap things up for us, boys. Um, as always, continue hanging out with us. You keep coming. We'll keep, uh, we'll keep pumping these out. Uh, make sure you follow along with us during the tournaments for um, – for our picks and uh, make sure you enter yourself for the next tournament coming up. Uh, like we said, Reg is going to put together a list and we'll, we'll get that out there. So you might be plotting against us. So um, I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure your chance. Of, what's that? I'm pretty sure it just came to my mind. I'm pretty sure it's the CJ cup will be the next tournament. Okay. CGA. CJ. CJ. Okay. Well, we'll figure out CJ and the boys. And uh, that'll wrap it up. So uh, peace out. Have a good week, boys. Love you. Peace. Love you, boys. Talk to you soon. Hey, boys.